peace, truth, spirituality, healing, holistic health, aliens, ancient history, plant medicine, mysticism. If these words excite you, you're in the right place. Here, we seek to dig deep into all these topics and more. You, me and my guests together. Welcome to the Enlighten with Alex podcast. Welcome back everyone to the Enlighten with Alex podcast with myself, Alex Stidger. Uh, firstly, I just want to apologise, I've had a bit of a break over Christmas. I had coronavirus just after Christmas, so <clears throat> I had that and then I was kind of going through ideas and the direction I wanted to take a few things. Uh, so yeah, this month's massive, so subscribe if you've liked my previous content. I've got a guy called Michael Harrelan, really, really interesting guy. I've got a life coach called Paul Hudson played a massive part on my path. Uh, Jacqueline Dunn is coming back on. I'm doing a yoga special with a lady who knows all the ins and outs about yoga. And then I've got a guy called Jason Christoph, um, who's an expert on psychology and mind control from Canada. So yeah, this today is episode number 11. Another fantastic guest. I've got Christine Mag- Magnum. Have I said that right? Magnum. Mangum, nice. Mm-hmm. All the way from Colorado. She is a she was a mental health counsellor. Uh, she's a psychology enthusiast. She's done a lot of trauma work. And yeah, welcome to the podcast, Christine. Good to be here. <laughs> nice one, nice one. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background and whatnot? Sure, yeah. Um it's it's funny when people ask that question. I think we usually go to like, what do we do for a job and, and what led us to that? And I think it makes sense because that's, you know, the majority of the time we spend in our lives. So my background is um, mental health and psychology. Um, I've got a master's degree in in clinical mental health counseling. So I do have a a private practice as a therapist um, in Boulder here in Colorado. Um, But that's super part-time. Um, I kind of discovered that I like um, the business aspect of it. And I also like project management and being creative and, um, you know, the skills that I developed as a counselor, you know, sets me up to have a private practice or to work in an agency and and practice as a counselor. Um, But I really wanted to figure out how I can use those skills in a different way um, in a creative way, in a way to like reach more people than the people who happen to walk through my door. Um, so that led me to Aura, um, as their head of content strategy and, and coach manager. So that means I get to be creative in terms of, you know, the type of content that we offer on the app. Um, and so far that has meant that we are offering, some um, mental health type content. So we just launched cognitive behavioral theory type content. Um, and that is just kind of a lot of psychoeducation and then guiding people through an exercise to help them. Amazing. Start so, really sorry to put in. Can I just ask a quick question? Yeah. Um, do you think that Aura would share this podcast? It might be interesting for the people that are signed up to the app to see a couple of the, a teacher and someone who works behind the scenes on it. Yeah, I mean, possibly. 
Yeah. Anything's possible. You never know. You never know. Sorry, what were you saying? You're telling me more. Yeah. About, yeah. Um, and, you know, podcasts is, is something that we're exploring. And, and my thought is if we're going to offer podcasts and it makes sense to kind of come from the coaches that we host, such as yourself, because um, you're already offering, you know, beautiful content for us. Oh, thank you. Um, but yeah, so it's, um, we've got some psychologists and other therapists um, in different parts of the world who um, are creating these um, audio tracks um, that talk about what is CBT and how to apply it and in what situations it's good for, which is really anything. Um, and then we're also going to be offering a dialectical behavioral theory, um, which is similar to CBT. Um, it's more skills driven. Um, there's lots of acronyms and it's actually based in mindfulness. So mindfulness is a really huge component of C- uh, DBT. Um, we're going to offer uh, positive psychology, um, acceptance, commitment therapy, or theory. We're calling it theory because we're not actually offering therapy, um, although down the line that is an option for us to explore. Um, so right now we're just teaching the theories and, and offering skills to learn how to implement it into your life. Beautiful. I think the internet does get a lot of uh, bashing. But to me, like there's so many amazing things it's doing, especially within the conscious movement if you can find the right communities and apps i mean like those psychologists instead of just being able to reach one person one-to-one could literally reach any any mind on the planet with a smartphone can't they? yes and that's kind of the objective um you know and when i joined her it was kind of um like serendipitous because i had started a campaign here in my local community around like teen suicide and that was the idea then was like, I can only help people who, you know, call me and we set up appointments, whether they're in my office or it's over Zoom. Um, but, you know, as a clinician, like it's my, it's my duty, like it's my ethical duty to like help my community. So how can I do that in a way that is larger than my office? And so I, I feel like it's a, it's a responsibility to reach out beyond my office doors. And so I started this campaign where we educate um, community members on, you know, how to have the suicide conversation and how to recognize um, signs and symptoms of suicidality and depression. And then like how to refer someone to services. Like it's a hard conversation. And then also people don't really know what to do with that. Um, So we educate in that space um and then aura came along the ceo sent me a message and we started talking and it turned into an interview cycle and then now here i am and it's like holy cow i wanted all of these things to happen i didn't know how i was going to do it and now like it just came to me so that like manifestation is just such a powerful thing and um here i am like realizing these career goals so it's been pretty cool amazing love to hear that so you're a big believer in the law of attraction i am yes i am cool me too me too check it out anyone who's listening who hasn't before um yeah and depression and mental health and whatnot is something i hold dear to my heart i haven't said this on the podcast before actually 
Um, but I think it was about 2012, 13. Out of nowhere, I was always a very happy-go-lucky guy. Um, I came down with a real bad belt of depression and anxiety. So much so, I'd have my breakfast in the morning and I'd throw it straight back up. And when I went to a doctor to speak about it, she was just like really cold with me and just threw me uh, a leaflet about getting some antidepressants. And I was like, wow, like surely there's got to be better things. Luckily, like I found things within myself and got my own way out of it, but I just thought it was really bad. Um, What's your experience of that? Because you said you suffered with anxiety and you've managed to come out of that. Well, I mean, first I want to acknowledge that you just said that and you said you hadn't mentioned that on your podcast. So it's like, even though it's something that, happens to so many people um it's still something that is not hugely talked about and so especially with men (laughs) yeah so it shouldn't be this thing where like oh my god thank you so much for being vulnerable with me but I am going to thank you because like that is hard to say right it's like such a normal thing albeit painful um so it's a big deal to like just let people know um yeah, so thank you for saying that no worries um, but yeah when I do when I teach my meditation it's not the first time I said it because when I teach my meditation workshops I always tell people just a little bit of my backstory before we get started mm-hmm. and the fact that I got into meditation because of mental health and I kind of tell that story okay. um, what I find is then you ask people why they're here and instead of just saying a couple of things they tell you like their story which is just healing for the whole room I found anyway oh for sure yeah Absolutely. There's something about it that's so cathartic. Um, and all too often, it is the story where someone says, you know, I went to see my doctor about it and they threw a bunch of pills at me. Mm. Um, your medical doctor is not the best person to go to, but like, that's kind of the first thought most people have. Like, I need to talk to my doctor about this. But yeah. in medical school, they only take like a class, like one class on mental health. They take one class on nutrition. It's, a, it's an okay starting point. It's better than talking to nobody. But um, that's usually their reaction. The medical model really likes to throw medications at people. I agree. Um, I think, yeah. Well, and, apparently all the universities and the degrees are funded by Big Pharma, which says it all. But how true yeah. that is, you know, for sure. But anyway, <laughs> what you say? Yeah. And that's not, you know, far off from my experience. Um, I struggled from a really young age, you know, super happy as a kid. Uh, we lived in California where it was sunny all the time, outside all the time. And then we moved to Washington state where it's pretty rainy. And for the first time I wasn't like able to play outside a lot. Um, and I don't know if that was the switch or if it was just like, I was a preteen and, and my, my biology changed. But I like had a lot of stomach aches and I was worried a lot. And I always assumed people didn't want to be my friend. If they did, they would do X, Y, and Z kind of that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And so, and I didn't talk about it. Like the way I process my emotions, I used to do a lot of writing. Um, and that was just kind of it. Like we didn't really talk about that kind of stuff in my family. It wasn't like, I wasn't told I couldn't. I just didn't volunteer that information. Yeah. Um, 
but when I was 19, I had this boyfriend and he was the first person I actually told, like, this is what life is like for me. And he's like, it's not supposed to be like that. And for the first time I was realizing that how I was feeling wasn't um, normal. It was abnormal. And so um, I didn't know who I was supposed to talk to about it. So I searched around basically by my insurance, you know, we were a military family. So I had, you know, military insurance. And so I basically went to whoever could take my insurance. And it was this woman who's like, I don't know, she could prescribe, but she also, so basically she was a psychologist, uh, a prescribing or a nurse practitioner, a psychiatric. Um, and so I thought, okay, I'm going to go get some, I'm going to go talk to a counselor or a therapist. And so we talked for like an hour and um, then she was like, okay, well, let's get some blood work done. Just want to make sure like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then she prescribed me some medication. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize it was going to come out of this appointment with a prescription. And so I decided to give it a shot, hated it. It was like, I don't know, like kind of being drunk or something. Do you feel like it numbed you down a bit kind of thing? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it numbed me down. And, you know, but I, I, I kept going, you know, she was like, it takes about a month. And this is true. It takes about a month to like your body to adjust to it and like actually feel the effects of it or the benefits of it rather. And, you know, we met again, but it was like for 15 minutes and basically just checking in on the medication. And I was like, well, wait a minute, what's happening here? I thought, you know, I was supposed to like receive counseling for this. And um, I quickly realized, like, no, she was just there to manage my medications and didn't really offer, you know, like, hey, maybe it'd be helpful to see a therapist in the meantime. And I learned quickly, I I did not want to be on the medications. I did not want to rely on something like that to help me with my anxiety. And my anxiety was so high, it it like barely even touched it. I did not feel better. Mm. I didn't understand what was going on. I didn't know what anxiety was. And I didn't want to rely on this person to like help me feel better. You know, she said do this, this, and this. And I didn't know like if I could trust that or believe that. And, and, you know, something that's so personal, like that's your mind living that every single second of the day and anxiety and depression is so exhausting. Oh yeah. It's so painful and it's so deep and just all these like purples and blues it's so hard to see outside of that, that I was like, well, I'm inside this. So I should try to understand it the best I can. Cause I want to, I don't want to be on these medications. I don't want to rely on it. Can I ask how old you were? I was at the time I was 19. 19. Yeah. I think I yeah. was about 21. So a very similar age. 20, yeah. 21, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't see a therapist, but I started doing a lot of learning. Um, reading a lot of things and you know it took me years to get to where I am now basically where I was you know trying different things to see if it helped knowing that you know like when you're when you're feeling anxious or depressed and you don't have any glimpse of happiness you know there's no breaks it's hard to believe that you should feel any different yeah. And so I was like, just convinced this is just how I'm going to feel. It's like a and prison, I, isn't it? I found. 
yeah for sure like Mm. I'm never going to feel different it doesn't exist I wouldn't even know how to recognize it and um but slowly like I you know try different things like we all develop our own coping mechanisms and so mine was like listening to my favorite show at night to help me fall asleep but my partner at the time was like oh I can't you know like he couldn't sleep very well with that going and so you know to be respectful of him trying to sleep I tried other things and it was like things that I read online and they kind of helped I mean at least helped get me to sleep and so I was like okay well I guess there are like tips and tricks Mm. to just help and maybe the point's not to never have anxiety but at least to function better Mm. um and that just kind of evolved you know today I'm mostly anxiety free and when I do have anxiety come up like that's a signal to me I'm either I am not being authentic in some way in my life to myself or like I um I don't know uh had a you know an interaction with someone where I thought maybe I was I don't know this or that and maybe I need to clarify or maybe I need to apologize but even then I'm just like okay that's probably an insecurity coming back where I'm you know because sometimes I still do have that like doubt that people are going to like me or want to be my friend and I still like kind of battle with that piece like that self-talk you know those negative thoughts can come back Um, but it doesn't quickly as quickly like manifest in anxiety usually I can catch it sooner Mm. so when I do have anxiety I'm like oh there's something going on or not going on that I haven't been tending to so I'll like check these different areas of my life am I exercising what have I been eating lately Mm. am I you know talking to the people that I know love me and support me or am I being too isolative um so it's been a, a long time in the making where I can say I'm anxiety free and that I know it in myself well enough that I can catch it before it comes up. Awesome. Thank you for sharing and, uh, and being so honest. Um, do you ever find, and this sounds a bit strange to say, are you grateful for your struggles? Because when I look back at like that time, I learned so much about life and myself then more than ever. And I became stronger from that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's completely changed my life a few different times. And I'm so as hard and as painful as it was. I'm so thankful because so many life lessons have come out of it and I know myself better. And I was actually uh, reflecting on this the other day was um, the idea of like going through these mental struggles and figuring it out versus you know someone who maybe um had a really like emotionally safe childhood and was super supportive you know like got to adulthood as a really healthy functioning adult like would it be the same I don't I don't know would I be as appreciative I have no idea um I just know that like contrast you know like in in the realm of like law of attraction you know, that challenge, um, we, we call it contrast. And those are yeah. moments of opportunity to like go within and just like try to figure it out. It's like a, maybe a, a, doing a puzzle in the dark. And yeah, yeah, I would not trade that time for anything. I'm just so 
I love who I am today. And I'm so thankful for my ability. Like I got myself out of the darkness all on my own. Yeah. And um, it's funny you use that word. I was about to say like light doesn't exist about darkness and, and love. Well, maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but I feel like love doesn't exist to the level it does without loss. And like yeah. when you've got depression, it's kind of anxiety. It's like you've lost a part of yourself, isn't it? And then refinding yeah. it, you just love the world and whatever so much more. That's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. You, you, it's like appreciating that much more the light side of things. Yeah. Yeah. And in turn, appreciating the, the dark times too, because that, I mean, ultimately is the future. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's kind of what I was getting at. I'd agree. So yeah, um, obviously you've been very honest to me and told me about you losing your fiance to suicide. Yeah. Um, I'm obviously very so- sorry about, must've been um, a traumatic and sad time. Um, so yeah, are you okay to share with us a little bit about that experience and, and what yeah. happened? You know, um, that was the hardest thing. I have ever gone through and hopefully the hardest thing I'll ever go through um, and has been my biggest teacher, you know, for a long time. Um, I didn't deal with it. I thought I deserved to feel guilty and sad and depressed all the time. I spent three years, like barely getting myself to class. This is, you know, college years. Um, but yeah, what year was it? Sorry, just so we can get a kind of time. Frame. Yeah, this was 2010, mm. and I was in college. Um, yeah, and it was a a situation where you know, like, we had been engaged, and that relationship wasn't as healthy as it could be. And he was six years older than me, so and like really um, wise, um, beyond his years. And and to me, it was like. Um, kind of knew everything like if I had a problem I knew like everything was probably going to be okay because he could help me figure out how to react or what to do so he was that person for me what was his name his name was Jeremy um and he struggled so you know like we had broken our engagement at one point um it was you know like a situation where I was super mad And, you know, all these things needed to be fixed in our relationship before we could get married and it wasn't happening. And I didn't feel like I was being taken seriously. And, you know, I didn't really know that much. Like I was 21 when we got engaged and, um, you know, was still living in the town that I grew up in. And, you know, you can only, um, or at least for me, I was only... I only knew as much as that little town taught me. And um, so I didn't have a lot of insight, but I did have a big attitude and a lot of anxiety. And um, he had struggled a lot with depression. And when we were taking time apart, he just fell really hard into his depression, um, quit his job, was on social security, um, and was really just struggling. And I couldn't be the person to be there for him because um, I was trying to, you know, process our relationship and how I was feeling and what we needed. And like, is it possible that we're not supposed to be together? Mm. Um, 
okay, make me emotional. And then it happened and I just was so, mm-hmm. like everything just turned to dust and the world stopped. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is the world doesn't stop. Like everybody just kind of moves on with or without you. Mm-hmm. Your bills keep coming. People want you to go to class. Your teachers want you to turn in homework. Um, so I went through the motions. Um, were, were you offered was... any support from uni or anywhere else? So I had a, a few friends that I felt like I could talk to. I mean, we're talking like 3 a.m. phone calls of me just crying and just saying anything that was on my mind. That's nice. Um, didn't really like lean on my parents. I had moved back in with them. Um, because I couldn't work, you know, and, um, you know, they weren't a very good support. They kind of did that, that parent thing where they're like, oh, I'm mad at this person because they hurt my child. And I was like, mm-hmm. that's not really, not really what this is about. Um, so I didn't really talk to them about it. They didn't really, they saw me like in bed a lot, but they didn't get to see how I processed everything and, and came out on the other side. Um, but it took me three years after three years, I was like, okay, maybe I should see a grief counselor. I saw this one woman and she was like, right, we're not going to go in the past. We're going to talk about now and the future. And she was very, I didn't know it at the time, but she oriented towards solution focused, um, um, therapy, which is, um, very focused on your strengths. It's very positive. It's very action oriented. You don't like talk about the past and process. You talk about like what works. Okay, let's do more of that. And let's keep finding things that work. And I was like, this is stupid. This is awful. She made me feel terrible. I need, I'm stuck in the past. That's where I am. So to ask me to not be in the past is, was ridiculous to me at the time. So I never went back. It took me like another year to find another counselor, but I had this like moment where I was really, you know, tired. I didn't know where I was going in life. Um, I had stopped dreaming, um, you know, for my future. And I just thought, you know, if, if happiness is ever a possibility for me, I have to do something different than I've been doing because obviously that's not working because I'm very unhappy. And so I didn't really believe it, you know, it could happen, but I just thought, all right, this is something to do. I'm going to do something different. So I moved to Oregon, moved in with a friend, found a job and um, found a grief counselor and it changed my life. I mean, Oregon, first of all, if you ever get to go to Oregon, it's the most magical place funny you mentioned that i was walking with a good friend of mine yesterday um just like around a local nature park and we're talking all about the documentary then if you've seen it uh wild wild country oh yeah because we, we both want to start our own community in, in a few years basically not on that scale or any of the weird cult stuff uh-huh. um but yeah i was just saying like the plot of land there looked looked beautiful like stunning what they had yeah it's incredible and you get different, it looks different throughout the state. Um, yeah, Oregon just, like, it felt like it just, like, just welcomed me. Anything that I needed, it provided. Like, I had friends when I got there, and I had never actually let someone be my friend. 
and I was like, all right, I'm doing things differently. So let me try letting these people be my friend. Mm-hmm. And um, I was. Right. That I ended up with. Sorry, guys, we just uh, had a bit of trouble with the internet. We're back. Yeah. Sorry, Christine, what were you saying? um yeah so I I found the right therapist and basically my therapy was you know like processing like what happened I mean his it was his death took a little over a year you know like he was suicidal for that time and Mm. it was you know I say it was tough for me but I, I couldn't imagine how tough it was for him you know he was in that place where that was his only way out. Mm. And, um, they tried to be there and then I was also still angry. And anyway, so I was, you know, really processing the whole timeline of that time of him being, you know, us breaking up, him being suicidal, me being angry, and then him dying. And Mm. like, that was so unbelievable. I had, for months, I was having almost nightly dreams of me dying or someone trying to kill me. Mm. And once I like got through my grief, that stopped happening. Um, what I got from that was like, it was me trying to understand the action of death. Like death is like, you're no more, but it's an action word. It was just so hard for me to wrap my head around. You know what you mean? When the- Yeah. When I lost my dad, it just like raised so many questions about death. Like I hadn't even really thought about it before. When someone close to you does, it does make you think a lot more about it, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, And I had, um, you know, talked to different people, like, you know, different pastors and different, you know, just different people who could offer different insight based on their beliefs. And, but, but so the rest of my treatment was, you know, me getting to know, myself what does it mean to be me and um to do me things and for so long I just discounted myself like I wasn't you know what I was interested in wasn't you know good enough or what I was okay at you know wasn't you know you know like I couldn't be good at anything because it's me and um you know I could never have like the friendships that I longed for because I didn't deserve it. I wasn't good enough. And, Mm. you know, I I knew that I was a good writer. I knew that was very smart. I knew that I wanted more for myself in my life. Um, It just took a long time to find that. And I also felt really guilty for his death. Mm. You know, for a while he was telling me it was going to happen. I'm like, no, it's not. Um, You know, he's smarter than that. He's stronger than that. And um, you know, he told me. Sorry, sorry, carry on. I'll ask it in a second. Okay. Uh, he just like he knew how I was gonna feel and what I was gonna think after it happened. Um, and he was right, and that just like blew my mind. And for a while, I was learning all these lessons that he tried to teach me when he was alive, but I was too young and too stubborn to actually listen to. But I learned them. I think I learned more from him in his death than I did while he was alive. Have you ever seen the film P.S. I Love You? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That that resonated massively, didn't it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So sad. Um, Mm -hmm. 
because it's like they're still there and which is comforting in a way you know I had moved this happened in Washington and when he passed away I was um, in a different state going to school so it was always like as long as I didn't go home he was still there Mm. Um, and yeah I like you know the law of attraction when I was in Oregon and going through this this treatment um, I just let myself um, have the experience and I decided I was going to trust you know my therapist and I was going to answer her questions um, in, you know like authentically and you know not try to get out of feeling because I couldn't get out of it anyway mm-hmm. so I might as well talk about it yeah. and um, you know like things just kept kind of coming to me those life lessons and also you know like I remember when I first moved to Oregon I was listening to the radio and I was actually driving to Seattle I was like uh, I was interviewing at a school there I was gonna be a professional diver um, and so they have a really great school in Seattle. So I was driving up to Seattle and I was flipping through the radio because I didn't know like, you know, the good stations yet. And so I hit scan and it was scanning through. And then I heard this person start talking and it caught my ear. So I hit stop and I listened and he was talking. It turned out to be this sermon and I'm not very religious. I don't like listen to, you know, Christian radio or whatever, um, but I'm open. And what he said was, you know, um, basically what he said is the Lord will tell you, um, I cannot give you better until you let go of what is dead. And that hit me so hard. I just knew like, okay, I know it's nothing new. I'm living in the past, but also like, as I'm exploring the now and myself, like I am feeling less guilty. I am feeling less sad and figuring out what it is to be myself and so I knew like I was on the right path I needed to continue to process this let myself be myself like belong to myself because for a long time I still felt like I belonged to him um and I actually tattooed oh go ahead guilty about like I don't know being attracted or wanting to date other people because you felt like you said you still belonged to him yeah, absolutely. I didn't like take, um, you know, dating seriously. Um, didn't really even want anyone to like me that much. I just liked the company. And so I actually, um, intentionally took two years to like no relationships. Casual dating was fine. Um, but I took that time to learn more about myself. Absolutely no relationships. Um, because I did realize like I I don't actually want anyone to love me or mm. to like me yeah. because that means they're getting close to me, mm. but I'm not even close to me. I don't belong to me yet. So it didn't feel fair. And I suppose that's a good age to kind of find yourself more anyway, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And have I think uh-huh. it, that it's definitely usually the time when people like in their all throughout the twenties is like self-discovery and yeah, I agree yeah. with that. Yeah, but now I'm in my 30s and I'm still discovering. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it never stops. It's good, keeps life interesting. eh? Absolutely. I mean, 
that's gotta be what life is about is like you just keep learning and hopefully growing like I don't think everyone gets gets that mm-hmm. and so they you know get to be in their 60s and they're still these really like angry people <laughs> yeah, like, and maybe it's like children isn't it children yeah. or buddies for it's sure not- yeah mm-hmm. absolutely and when then and when you reach this level of growth um it's like you can see how other people are still using those like younger them you know younger selves in terms of coping skills and the way they react to emotions and you know like oh this person you know they get mad at the grocery store because the line is taking too long like is that what you want to waste your energy on is that worth being mad at like what's really going on you know and that's like that's got to be the point in life is getting is just keep learning and and growing i totally agree uh there's a really great quote there's no chance of able to remember it all off the top of my head but it's kind of saying like giving examples like every this is teaching you that everything that triggers this is teaching you that and i agree with that and then when you look back in your life you're like ah okay so that taught me that Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I've heard that terribly but you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) anyway I wanted to go back I just wrote something down because there's something I wanted to ask um we'll come back to this bit but in hindsight um where do you think before um you lost your partner your fiance sorry what triggered the anxiety do you think if you look back maybe from your childhood or whatever yeah so um this has been like a new learning over the last 2020 terrible year but it was super like growthful for me Mm. (laughs) um I think it was that you know as kids like we're we're watching our parents we're learning how to react to people we're learning how to respond to our emotions how to behave how to have friendships how to have romantic Mm -hmm. relationships how to make up from a fight how to fight Mm -hmm. and you know my parents um they fight and they taught me anger and they taught me how to fight they taught me that the the loudest person wins Mm -hmm. and um I didn't get to see them make up you know I got to see you take your space and then you come together like nothing ever happened very very common as well isn't it that (laughs) yeah and I think from a young age you know like just because we're kids doesn't mean we don't know anything we're still a being we have a spirit and we have like these very um innate kind of primal instincts and maybe we can't label them at the time but we can feel them and so I think it was when I became anxious it was me like inside of me recognizing that what was going on around me wasn't healthy and it wasn't right And even though I didn't know how to act any different than what they were modeling to me, I just knew that it wasn't, it just didn't feel good. It didn't feel right. And even still, when I go home, I love my parents dearly. Um, I feel that all over again, like that, that negativity and, you know, they've not changed. Mm. Um, And I feel that all over again. It's like, I'm a teenager again. So I've had to work really hard side note (laughs) to like, Mm be the person I am today when I'm around them because I can still feel that 
that uh, dichotomy that just like there is love there but also this is so dysfunctional it's just not right yeah and the thing is like the amount of growth they will have seen you doing maybe eventually they might you know ask you questions and want to take that path yourself because you can see your your strength I would hope you never but I don't, <laughs> don't think that will ever happen <laughs> yeah. you never know well, you're doing your part anyway. That's all you can do, isn't it? That's all I can do, yeah. Um, and I just find myself hoping that, like, whatever happens, whatever is on the other side of this life, I have no idea. But I just hope that that's where they for sure get to do that learning and understand, like, why I am the way I am, why I say things the way that I do. Because a lot of times they just get mad at me if, like... I don't think we need to wish death upon Trump. He's not the best person in the world, but I don't think he should die. And my mom might say something different and then it causes an argument and she thinks I'm mad at her because she hates Trump. And I'm just like, that's not what's happening here. Yeah. And, you know, they get upset because they don't call a whole lot or I only go home a couple times a year. And there's a reason for that. You know, I have to put boundaries up to like protect myself um, which is sad, but necessary. And I just, you know, like if they knew, then maybe they wouldn't be so mad at me. And I just hope that on the other side, they learn all these things that they maybe couldn't in this life. Mm. I know what you mean. Just a little side note. <clears throat> I made a video about Trump, actually, which is kind of like, it's a lot more balanced than the media, basically. I'm definitely not defending him. There's a lot wrong with him. <laughs> I kind of show some other sides but yeah um yeah. so yeah deep question here okay what do you think happens after you pass because obviously you've been very close to death mm-hmm. no judgment no one out there knows so if anyone right. comments thinking they know you don't but i just want to hear what you what your good yeah. feeling would be i mean i certainly have questions i feel like i have experienced um obviously not scientific evidence, but evidence that like there, like there is some sort of energy or a different realm or dimension that sometimes can connect with this world. Because I swear, like Jeremy has sent me signs, different ways of checking in and saying I'm here, but I certainly have a a lot of questions, you know, people, I'm not answering your questions, but this is my thought is, you know, like, I'm not so sure there's a heaven. I'm not so sure there's a hell. I think what that is, is um, like maybe how you experience um, like not living in a body. You know, I think like hell would be like a bad trip. I don't know. Um, Heaven and hell. both live in your mind at night like we've talked about mental health yeah depression is hell you can't yeah. really it's a good way of explaining it for me anyway and then yeah. heaven is like what i feel most days now from doing all the healing work and practices mm-hmm. um and like when i'm out in the woods say and just looking at a tree and be like fucking oh wow like that's amazing yeah totally and you know our bodies like our biology is what gives us emotions and I could only imagine like being free from this body um it would be a lot uh more stable experience and maybe more euphoric 
Um, yeah. you know, if, if our natural being is with, you know, outside of this world, where, however you want to describe it, um, has got to be, you know, like the ultimate, like I feel at home kind of feeling. Yeah. They say that in a lot of near death experiences, don't they? That they're kind of yeah. felt at home. And like, yeah. this was the dream and they've kind of woke up from it. Yeah. But then I'm like, well, okay, if, if we're, you know, these balls of energy on the other side, um, we don't have a form, right? So it's, it's just so hard for me to believe like, oh, we take our true form in, in heaven and we're reunited with our, you know, loved ones. Well, how, how could, I just don't, I just don't see that. I don't see that we are all, you know, connected to the same beings, you know, like, I don't, you know, me and my wife, I, I'm not so sure that like, we're going to be reunited on the other side mm. because also I loved Jeremy. Are we going to be reunited no. or like, did I have a different spouse in another life? If, if other lives are real mm. and like, why would my grandma be waiting for me? Like, why, why would a spirit or a, or a, you know, whatever be just like, you know, a lot of like mediums will be like, oh, they're always with you. You can always talk to them. They're always around. Why would you just be hanging out in Colorado with me when you could be doing other dimension things or, you know, exploring other things that you didn't get to while you were on the earth? It just, they're loving, so they're loving connected to you, though, aren't they? Not what's going on the other side of the world. Yeah, I don't know. Like I say, I don't know either, but no, it's just interesting to theorize. Yeah. I, I'm like personally, and like it's hard to be, but I'm very confident that there's more after this, which is nice, really. If yeah. it's true or not to believe that because I don't have to fear death or not to the extent most people do. But yeah, who For knows? Sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, physics tells us that like energy doesn't just go away, right? It, it changes shapes or it will like go into another area of energy. So it's hard to believe, you know, like I, I'm with you. I believe that there is something like whatever energy that is being alive aside from, you know, a heartbeat. Um, I don't think it just shuts down. It doesn't just not exist anymore. So it, it feels, it feels right that like there is something, I don't know what it looks like or what it is, but I don't think my energy is just going to stop being. Yeah. Yeah. yeah my experience <clears throat> was through psychedelics. Hopefully uh, Aura will still share it. <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> but, um, but yeah, kind of like leaving the body and, seeing other dimensions but then again like that could all just be in, in your head you don't know but it just felt like real and kind of comforting that there's more out there i don't know very intense experience obviously but yeah mm-hmm. very interesting so cool um so yeah you've you've kind of managed to deal with your anxiety you've had a very traumatic experience um losing your fiance and he's still going strong today. Some massive respect. Um, so what kind of happened after that? Or do you want to go and, and talk about the um, aura meditation role you've got? Um, oh, my dog kind of saying hi. Um, you know, it just continued as, like, I just knew um, if I was going to be happy, like, I had to keep doing things that helped me, do like, find that and you know, that a lot of that is self 
growth, just like always wanting to learn more about myself or other people or, you know, just life in general. And, you know, like that going from being so low and so uh, anxious to knowing that it's possible to feel happy. Mm. Um, that's what really like brought me to mental health. I wanted to, you know, if we're going to spend the majority of our lives working, I wanted to make that count for something I wanted to give back to the world. And um, so that's my way of doing it. And my education and even my practice continues to teach me. I learn a lot from my clients. And um, I, it's like, for me, it's the deepest way of connecting to someone. Like, I love these kinds of conversations because I can see you and you can see me and that's the spice of life. And um, you know, I'm, uh, still have a, a lot, a lot to go, a lot to learn. Um, but I, I, you know, it's, I don't know. That's where I'm at. Yeah. yeah. Just on, on the path, enjoying the journey, yeah. learn as you go. Same yeah. Completely with your sister, completely with her. Um, So, yeah, let's talk a bit about the app. Um, What do you think, why are you so passionate about the app and like what are the key features? Because um, obviously I've spoke to you before when we've done little Zoom calls and um, I mentioned that I'm on Insight Timer and a couple of others. Mm -hmm. Aura is quite different, isn't it? So do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we... You know, what I love about Aura so much is that um, it is, you know, like very mission driven, you know, like meditation has become a little bit more mainstream these days. Um, But, you know, it started from, you know, the two owners watching someone very close to them deal with depression and not knowing how to help. And so this is their way of helping, like they're, you know, an engineer and and a coder and, you know, they're all all things tech guru. And um, so it made sense for them to like, tap. this is their way of tapping into like mental health and just helping people with this, you know, mission that Aura has to restore the emotional health of the world. And so that means we have to be really inclusive in the content that we offer because, you know, meditation, um, I mean, it works for everybody. A lot of people, here's another side note. (laughs) A lot of people will be like, oh, meditation is not for me. I tried it once and I just couldn't do it. You can do it and it will help you. It just takes practice and it's hard. People think like, I think people get tripped up over things that seem so simple, Mm -hmm. you know, like sitting and being quiet seems so simple. It's hard to believe that it could help you feel more calm or less anxious, Um, but it's actually really hard and it really actually does those things for you. Um, but there's different ways of doing it. Yeah. Um, so many different yeah. ways. Yeah. And so we want to, you know, really reflect that, you know, like we want anybody who comes, you know, who's curious about, you know, learning different ways or figuring out what works for them. We want them to be able to do that here at Aura. And, um, you know, that means we've got to have the intention of, of, you know, tapping into these different, these different modalities and these different types of, you know, imagery and visualization and and breathing and, um, 
and we're we're now tapping into spirituality as well. Um, you know, we want to offer prayer because you know meditation. We can call it meditation or mindfulness, but what are you doing when you're praying? Mm. It's pretty similar. Very similar. And so, yeah, and so it makes sense. You know, like for those who you know prefer to pray, um, let's give them prayer, and that's their version of meditation. And very inclusive. Yeah, exactly, um, and so. I just love that the inclusivity of it because it's not, we're not, you know, we don't want to say like, you need to do it this way. Um, and this is why, you know, we want to say like, Hey, there's whatever works for you. Like, let's support that. And let's give that to you. And you kind of um, target people with certain meditations based on their emotions. don't you? Yeah, so there's different ways you can explore the app. Um, you can go by, you know, the emotion that you're feeling early on. You know, when you would log into the app, it would ask you to, you know, tap on the emotion that you're feeling in that moment. And we've kind of moved away from that, although the option is still there. Um, because, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, I'm just super frustrated and they want something to help them with their anger in that moment. So we want to give them specific content Or, you know, if someone wants to focus on, like, I want to connect with myself, um, let's give them content that is really, like, promote self-love and self-learning and self-esteem. One of those beautiful self-words. So we're trying to, like, dial into more specific content um, so people can find exactly what they need, um, even when they don't know what they need. Um, But, of course, we still have that, like, more general content. You know, there's a lot of um, content or, you know, meditation that will help in numerous, um, situations. Um, you know, something that focuses on forgiveness can still help you feel calm and relaxed and less anxious. Um, and kind of the inverse of that as well. No, that's not the right word, but if you're going in there to feel calm and relaxed, you know, maybe you might feel a little bit more forgiving at the end of it. Yeah, definitely. Well, I'll find with my people that come to my workshops and whatnot they kind of beat themselves up very quickly like i'm not feeling anything i'm not doing it right and it's mm-hmm. like it's called a practice for a reason just relax observe mm-hmm. your thoughts if you mm-hmm. do trail off don't beat yourself up it's fine like some people can take like 20 30 years and they still haven't mastered it it's like yeah it's, yeah keep trying with it and mm-hmm. and, they, but and it's it, great because you, you guide you through it aren't you Totally. Yeah. You're guided through and, and hopefully, you know, reminded that like, Hey, you don't have to go from like, like a to Z in one practice. Like, like you, like you said it, it is a practice. Like it takes steps and um, you know, being intentional and, and, and doing it enough to all, you know, like, and also paying attention, like you said, observe your thoughts, observe what's going on because that's what's going to help you get to the next step. Like, yeah. You gotta, you know, take one step in front of the other. You can't just leap across. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's it's like um stepping into an aeroplane and like thinking you can fly the plane straight away. <laughs> There's so many buttons and knobs up there. Like it's not <laughs> you don't have to do it straight away. Yeah. Yeah. But now um hey, have you got your own content on the app? I was I was meaning to ask you this. Ooh. 
Yeah. So, you know, I, I, d- I started my own channel so that I could have like the full coach experience as I'm like onboarding you guys and asking you to give us content. And I should understand what the experience is for you and how it goes. Um, and so creating content is even part of that, like what goes into creating the, the, these tracks and, you know, what do I need to keep in mind um, so that when I ask our coaches for specific content, I can be realistic um, and be as understanding of the experience as possible. So I've got a channel on there. Um, it's called the life of simple dog and other adventures or something like that. And my thought about it was to talk about my dog, my golden retriever, who is right next to me. Ah, <laughs> uh, Nice. He's like, let's go outside. What's his name? Um, simple simple let's go yeah so the the channel's named after him and just wanted to he's just such a maybe everyone feels like this about their and he's sorry quick internet break we're back uh what are you saying about the duck <laughs> um yeah just like he's the coolest thing in the world to me and he actually is kind of like a meditative practice for me like just watching him be a dog um it really helps me like remind me to slow down so you know my channel is intended to be about him and his dog things and the adventures he's been he's had a really good life probably better than most um people um you know he's been on all kinds of mountains and rivers and he has all the friends (laughs) Very, um, so very there's not, idea. I like it. <laughs> so there's not many tracks on there. I should probably write something soon and record it. But um, yeah, you can find me in the app, and um, hopefully, love hearing about simple. Yeah, I'll um, I'll drop the link down below for both of our channels. Yeah. Check them out. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like I've got a cat, and she's just so zen. She's just <laughs> chilling, being a cat. She's not afraid about anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, nothing but time. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, you know, if, if your listeners want to check out the app for free, you've got that 30 day guest pass. You're, you're welcome to share with everybody. And yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And um, you'll have to thank your wife. Didn't she pass on a message that she liked my channel? Yeah, she did. Yeah. What, what's her name? Her name is Samantha. Samantha. Big love, Samantha. Thank you. I really appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> now I've only been teaching a year so it, it's nice to have some good feedback because, yeah yeah you're new to it all but now I really enjoy really enjoy writing meditations Big that's good and you know like people people can feel that um when when they're listening to your content to anybody's content they can feel it and I think that's why Samantha likes yours so much is that she can feel that from you Lovely, lovely. Thank you. So yeah, um, yeah, for me personally, meditation, I'd say, is the single biggest tool that's helped me. Um, how has it helped you in your life, would you say? Yeah, it's, you know, like being prone to anxiety, it's a, a way of helping to slow that down. You know, anxiety is a lot of energy and like never-ending thoughts, but also a feeling of being blank. Um, so taking that time just to connect with myself 
um and just like let thoughts pass by I don't you know like not putting pressure on myself to like follow every one of them to the end um really helps me like separate myself from anxiety or from any emotion that I'm feeling it like brings me back to like okay I am grounded now and I can like now I know how to proceed with whatever is on my mind um, because I've taken that space for myself kind of like uh, reclaiming your your inner power to be peaceful no kind of like not no matter what the external world does because obviously it's going to affect you but obviously you can be stronger more peaceful to deal with what's thrown at you can't you yes absolutely it's like reminds it can remind you like oh i've got this i know how to handle this and emotions can be so strong and you know a lot of people i mean most of us we're all humans right so we are very prone to reacting through the emotion that we're feeling and you know we'll be like i'm sorry i said that i was just really mad well is is that really an excuse like because we can also like be nice to someone or be understanding even when we are frustrated or angry we don't have to you know be malicious or say hurtful things just because we're angry not really a healthy way of being but it is so normal which is so weird yeah it's funny actually because I've I've been involved in a lot of debates on uh, social media recently because we're in very strict lockdown laws over here at the moment I've noticed that when I used to get in similar debates last year, people just started like name calling and abusing you straight away. Whereas yeah. now, seems, I don't know, maybe it's just me and my experience, but people are just disagreeing or questioning each other, but not actually abusing each other. So it's been really refreshing. It's just nice to oh, talk openly nice. with people about like what's going on. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's an important thing to learn. It's so weird that like, I mean, they sh- it should be in our schools, you know, like emotion regulation and emotional intelligence. We should be learning that in school. Yeah, yeah. Not in therapy later in life when we've damaged all of our relationships. Yeah, yeah. They should do like debating classes, but at the same time, maybe like working on your emotional reaction or your emotional attachment to your opinions. Yeah. I think, I think that'd be quite cool. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So yeah, I just got a couple more questions before we wrap it up. We're going an hour. It flew by. Um, So yeah, what would your advice be to like anyone out there suffering with mental health during the lockdown? Because like I say, we're in the UK. Most of my followers are from the UK, and we're in pretty strict rules at the moment in uh, isolation, Mm -hmm. whatever. So what would your advice be to them, just from your experience? Um, I mean, with my experience, there's still a lot of stigma around mental health Mm. and what it is. A lot of people think, you know, like there's something wrong with you if you're seeing a therapist and, you know, my, my advice would be to really challenge, you know, whatever bias or stigma that you feel yourself around mental health, because we all have, um, we all have you know, mental health is important to everybody and it happens to everybody where we have a hard time. And there's, you know, a lot of people out there who can help you and want to be that person for you. And I would 
advise, I'm giving advice to just let yourself explore, you know, whether it's um, a friend that you want to confide in or actually, you know, seek a, a professional because it doesn't mean you have an illness or disorder or that you're crazy. It just means that we all struggle sometimes and sometimes it's beyond what, like the help that we can give ourselves. Yeah, definitely. There's just so much, so many different avenues and teachers and whatnot out there. Like it's a really exciting time in the healing and mental health space, I think, as well. Yeah. Things yeah. Like- there's no, there's no guidebook on life. We're all just kind of winging it. Yeah. So we might as well be open to, you know, yeah. talking to someone who can help us find another perspective. I love that. And that, that's been like a massive thing for me, just being open. I've tried so many things. Don't be wrong. Some of it is, hasn't been very effective or, you know, hasn't done much for me. But then at least I know now that that doesn't and then try something else. Yeah, totally. The worst thing you can do is just be closed off to everything because then you're not going to get anywhere. Else. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's a really, I think that's a really important thing for someone to, like, understand because, you know, you're not going to, like, therapists are people, so you you might not. I'm not going to be a fit for everybody, you know, like, just like, you know, when I talked about the therapist I had seen, the first one I saw, I was like, oh no, I'm not going back to her. The second one I saw helped me change my life. And, you know, it's sometimes it's a, it's a personality thing. Like the, the relationship is the most important piece when you feel like you're talking to someone who sees you and can hear you um that makes a big difference but because we're all humans not everyone's gonna see you and understand you and it's okay to be like all right well maybe I should try someone else yeah yeah definitely cool thanks for the advice thanks for the advice for everyone listening and yeah so finally we always finish with a little bit of fun um so yeah don't worry if you can't think of three I'd like you to give me three dream dinner guests that you could have so it could be anyone from the past um they don't have to be alive now uh it could be a celebrity it could just be people you know like any anything oh my gosh um sorry i put you on the spot <laughs> that's okay um i mean the the one person that comes to mind right away is dave Grohl. um oh. i've been a food fighters fan since they came out and seeing them in concert like just really really like solidified that but um I would want to talk to him because like I've heard him in interviews and stuff talk about music and talk about life and I think that he would have just so much to say um about music and about life and about um people and I think he's a true artist a true musician it must have been traumatic for him losing uh, Kurt Cobain, hadn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they were really close. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah nice no, call. Um, I was never that into the Foo Fighters. Then about two or three years ago, they headlined Glastonbury. I think someone pulled out. They weren't meant to. But, yeah, I watched it all. I watched it on TV. I wasn't there, unfortunately. It was mm-hmm. like, wow, this was, like, it was an amazing set. Yeah, for sure. And they're all, like, the whole band, I mean – they're all so talented and they've been, been together for a long time. And like, you can tell when they switch someone out, it's like a different 
sound. It's a different band when they play with different people. And um, I just appreciate that so much. That's just so much talent yeah, and love. I, I love the passion, like, in his voice. Yeah, for sure, the passion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Hey, well. another, another person I would talk to, maybe Laird Hamilton. Who's um, that? So he is a super famous surfer. Oh. Um, yeah, and he actually... What's that? I was in a couple of surfing classes. I'm not much good. Oh, really? It's yeah. hard. Yeah. Hard. Um, but yeah, he, um, I mean, he's got to be in his 50s by now. Um, and he's got like a training program. He lives between Hawaii and California. Um, what a life. And he's got this training program that he and his wife developed and they do um, different breathing techniques and they do underwater training, above water training. Sounds a little and, bit like uh, Wim Hof, surfer style. Yeah. yeah, so I learned more about Laird Hamilton after reading uh, that book, What Doesn't Kill Me, and it's about Wim Hof. No um, and so I do some of their, like, I do a lot of Wim Hof breathing exercises, but um, I've done some of Laird's. He does, um, his is, like, really hard for me. I have to keep practicing to get better at it. Um, but I would just really love to pick his brain about like what is the experience of surfing it's kind of like like a I don't know maybe watching a a Buddhist who's you know like 30 years practice like what do you how do you see life what goes through your head like and how did you get there and you know what's important to you I just think that he would be this I don't know amazing I'm sure he's got amazing things going on in his head the things that he's learned there is something very spiritual about surfing. I remember when uh, well, I did like a four-day school in a little Spanish island and um, the days would just fly, like re- practicing for eight hours. It would just feel like an hour, just so present. Yeah. Um, just being at one with, with the sea as well. Yeah, absolutely. Just this all-encompassing experience. And it's like like you're communicating with the wave and communicating with the board and do you, can you surf from where you live now? Or do you have to? What's that? Can you surf from Colorado? I'm not even sure whereabouts it is. Oh, yeah. no, we're landlocked. Yeah, <laughs> I, I live bang in the middle of England, so it's like after yeah. drive hours if I wanted to do a bit. Of yep. Plus, the sea's freezing cold here, so I only do it <laughs> if I go abroad. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Laird Hamilton, and then here's a little bit on the dark side. I might. Uh, I might want to talk to Ted Bundy. Well, yeah, you said in the original email that you, you're interested in um, criminal, like psychopaths. And criminal minds. Yeah, I'm just mm-hmm. like, I really wanted to get into forensic psychology in college. And then I learned how oh, the chances of getting a job in forensic psychology is very small. Um, but I'm just like, I don't want to understand but I just can't, you know, I can't wrap my head, the inability to wrap my head around the thinking of, you know, like a prolific serial killer um, just, I guess, fascinates me like that. I just like, what do you, what do you, what were you thinking? Why is that okay to you? And like, just what is that whole experience like? And then also sometimes 
you know, like you had a, a fiance at some point or like a girlfriend or whatever, like, how do you experience love and how do you separate that from, you know, the people that you hurt? Yeah, I just, yeah. I'm just like, what? I'm, yeah. I'm not defending murderers in any way, but what they often find is, isn't it? That they suffered like an unbelievable amount of childhood trauma, which is mm-hmm. like that. not always, I've heard that's usually. Yeah. Yeah. And so it is weird because there's like a level of compassion there. Um, But also, you know, people are abused every day and they don't turn out to be serial killers. So they don't have a total excuse there. But also, I mean, yeah, like personality disorders are real and they're often created, you know, from childhood traumas. And people will, you know, for a lot of people, you can see like, oh, yeah, I can see how they ended up murdering somebody. But also just don't do that. Yeah. yeah. You, like, go talk to somebody, see what you can do about it. Um, but, you know, there's no disclaimer for anyone watching. No mass murderers. <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess that whole like can serial killers be born or are they made and you know like I've uh my wife's a therapist as well and she's had a you know talked to someone whose kid had tried to kill tried to kill them a few times had just had to put locks on their doors at night because they were fearful that their kid was going to kill them and um it seemed to be like a personality trait that had been passed out because then she found out that you know the parent um had had some homicidal ideation earlier in life but chose not to act on it thankfully and so is that like was that something that was passed down um or is this you know like how did this kid at such a young age maybe four I think decide that they wanted to attempt to murder someone or did they know what they were doing and also most four-year-olds don't um even think about things like that so it's interesting yeah i used to watch um the crime channel funnily enough it was all kind of um american stories but they used to build it up so you'd have like five characters that might have done the the murder and you sort of be like guessing in your head which one it was and it would build up the mm-hmm. story and it, um which is it's strange but it's kind of yeah it's very interesting isn't it yes yeah yeah. So, Ted Bundy. Yeah, Ted Bundy. Yeah, we've got Dave Grohl. What was the second guy's name? Laird Hamilton. Laird Hamilton. And Ted Bundy. That is a rock and roll. Some rock <laughs> and roll services there. I like it. <laughs> yeah, have you got anything that you want to uh, sell or promote just to finish off? I was off uh, my guests the chance. If they have anything. Um. I mean, of course, Aura, you know, at least, you know, give it a shot. Um, we do, you know, if you feel like it's something beneficial after you try it and, but you maybe you financially can't commit, you know, there is, there are free um, content on the app, but yeah, check us out. Amazing. Amazing. Um, do you mind if I just promote something I'm doing at the moment? Go I don't really it. like to do it because it's all about, you know, the guests, but I've got something I'm quite excited about. your show, so... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> See, I'm doing um, an 11 week raise your vibration uh, challenge. So yeah, it's all about okay. introducing a new habit every week for 11 weeks. Healthy habits for your physical and mental well-being that should, in theory, raise your vibration. 
Uh, so yeah, we're going to build a community around it, like a Telegram group, so we'll support each other. And uh, so that'll be really nice meeting like-minded people. And I just think, especially if you're in the UK, just a nice opportunity to focus on yourself rather than all the mess that we're in at the moment. So yeah, yeah. I'll leave a link for that down below. If you have any questions, let me know. But yeah, thank okay. you so much for coming on, Christine. Um, I mean, you've been so open and honest. Uh, who's that in the background? <laughs> <laughs> yeah you've been so open and honest and uh it's been a really nice conversation so thank you yeah thank you cool so yeah, right, yeah. everyone and thanks for listening